0: Father, this morning we just come to you, to the ministry of the word. We lift your word. We surrender ourselves before your spirit, because there's only one teacher. A teacher is in us. And I pray as we hear the word, your spirit will teach us, speak to us, empower us, that, O Lord, we would be led by your spirit. To that end, O Lord. I commit the word into their hands. Speak to us and teach us. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We'll turn to two, three passages quickly. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20, Luke 24 48, and Acts chapter 1, 5 and 8. Matthew 28 18 to 20. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, rather, actually, it's obey, all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's his last words. In the gospel according to Matthew. In Luke 24, 48, he again, this is all post-resurrection. He tells them oh 49. 40. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. And Acts 1, 5 and then verse 8. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So if you look, 40 days, 10 days after Jesus rose again, 50 days after he died, what made the difference in this world, in the church? It was the Holy Spirit. The game changer, as we call it in English, it was the Holy Spirit. And 2000 years ago, Jesus came and walked before man. What made him different? He was the first man to walk on earth who was fully indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who completely put to death daily the works of the flesh by the spirit and lived a life in this body, in the spirit. One man who actually walked in the spirit. And this is the call of God. and This is the intention of God for the church. And those who reach that are called overcomers. So you will see when he says go, he also tells them wait, don't go until you have received. And from Acts chapter 2, the end, Dire narrative is actually the acts and the revelations and the teachings of the Holy Spirit. But let's go back thousands and thousands of years before this happened. That is after the first judgment, the judgment of the flood during Moses' generation when man came out and then Noah's children, this Multiplied and they spread. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 11 and verses 1 to 9 and you will see what is happening. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let's be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now that nothing their purpose to do will be withheld from them. Verse 7. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. This is, okay, we can stop at nine. If you look how they began after the first judgment, they were united in purpose. Absolutely one mind, one accord against God. And what united them, if you look at chapter 11 and verse 1, what one of the means which by the enemy united them at, they had one language and one speech. And they will you will see in verse 3, they will say, opposed to God's plan for them, which was to spread and multiply, they said, let us unify and build, stay together and build a tower. Come, let us make bricks and make them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. Spiritually meaning they were changing God's ways to the ways of man. Actually, it's the ways of the devil. He is the one who instills rebellion in man and the very structure they were building they were not building actually a tower that can reach to heaven we know it's impossible they also know it's impossible but actually they were building and if you look from all the ancient ruins we have they were building a portal where they could connect to the demonic realm so you will see always at the top where they sacrifice altars where they sacrifice humans and babies in their tens and thousands to connect to another realm. Okay? They did not want to be scattered. They wanted everyone to come together. But you will see, God scatters them in verse 7. He scatters them. How did he scatter them? Simply by confusing their speech, their language. So they could not understand each other. You see, we need to understand about language. When we are alienated from God, we are alienated by one another. Now the language, instead of sounding the same, sounded like babbling. Like if I were to speak to you in Malayalam, it will sound to you like babbling. Right? Sound to you like if uh, Peter or Sammy were to speak, what is it, Swahili? Yoruba, Yoruba, that's a major tribe in uh, Niger. If they speak, it will sound to us like babbling. Other than bayeti, we don't understand anything else, right? Sound like babbling. That's how, that's what's the meaning of babel. And that's how the world is made. Babylon symbolizing the world is just babbling in the ears of God. And you will see from that day till today, the entire world is focused. In the last days, what we are happening behind this pandemic is the intention to build one world order. Okay? Ultimately, it will be confusion and chaos. So you will see even with this pandemic, nobody is speaking with one voice. Every expert is saying something else. One expert will come and say, oh, opening up will be terrible. That same expert five days later will come and say, if you don't open up, the entire system will crash. You will see nobody is speaking in one voice. It's chaos. Okay. But we need to understand as to how people read this and how actually the truth is. When we become a threat to ourselves, God intervenes. God is not threatened by us. Never but because he is the creator and he is a father he knows that before we destroy ourselves completely god always intervenes that's what happened in noah's age that's happened with babel that's what will happen in the last days because scripture says unless he shortens the days even the very elect will not survive so remember god is not threatened by anything that man or the demons or the devil they all just Dust under his feet. He's not threatened by any one of us. But he knows we are a threat to ourselves. So before we destroy ourselves completely, he always intervenes. So in Babel, what happened is communication is disrupted. And please understand, communication is the essence of life. Essence of life. Please understand. And where there is offense and misunderstanding, even if we were to use the same words and have the same meaning and intention, the other person may understand something completely different because the other person is now filtering our own words through emotions. So you need to realize what happened in Babel is still continuing. Words and language become meaningless and they create more and more confusion and more and more evil. When every word is filtered through one's emotions, hurts and wounds, never in human history we have more means of communication and yet we communicate so little. So little. Honestly, we have so much means of communication, yet we communicate very little, very, very little. Think about it. Everyone who went back home yesterday, how much did we actually communicate? Most homes, yesterday my wife was, when we were lying down, she was asking me, how does it seem, is it different now that you are preaching before cameras because you hated it, you never did it, and you don't have a crowd, you just have two or three people, is it different? I said, no, it's not different. I don't even think about who's watching online. I said, I'm only disturbed when the people behind the cameras keep moving because there is a technical difficulty. Because there are only three and when the, the three, two are moving around, you know, that's the only thing. Otherwise, we don't even feel the difference. But the thing is that you realize, you no? Know, We have so much more means of communication. We are bombarded from morning till evening with communication. Yet we communicate so little. And that's the curse of Babel. And we need to be freed in our lives as a church, as God's people, from the curse of Babel. That we are not babbling. We are actually talking to one another. We are able to communicate to one another. So 2,000 years ago, six days from now, May 31st, 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, God started reversing this curse. First, before that, by sending one man, when God became flesh, one man, and he showed how we can communicate, that one man communicate. When that one man communicated, he said, I do not speak on my own. I speak only What I hear, he showed that speaking does not come first, hearing comes first. He heard and he spoke and he was the communicator. Then 2000 years later, on the day of Pentecost, God started reversing the curse of Babel. At Babel, God drove people apart to slow down evil by confusing their language. On Pentecost, God drew people together, first 10 days before Pentecost, one mind, one purpose. It does not mean they agreed on everything, definitely not, because you can't agree on everything unless you talk about everything. But they were all agreed on one thing, one thing. They agreed on one thing that God had told them before he ascended, we need power. We can't lead the life he lived before us without the power with which he lived. They agreed on one thing. We need whatever it is. They don't know what it was going to be like. They heard about the Holy Spirit all their life in the Judaic history. They read about him, but they had no clue what it was going to be like. But they said, we don't know what it is like, but we know what it is to live like that. We've seen him and we want that. Okay. Okay. In that one thing, they were unified. So Pentecost reverses Babel. On that day began the countdown of the end of Babylon. 120 only were there. Theology and says I leave it to them because some of the work, good work they will do. You don't have to go back and do their work. They will say there were 16 appearances of Jesus Christ post resurrection. They say 16 appearances of Jesus Christ. I leave it to them. Whether it is 16 or 15, it does not make a difference to our life. Okay, sometimes people fight over this. Oh, you were wrong. It was only 15 and not 16. So what difference does it make? Holy Spirit anyway came. That is the only thing. If you were to say it was only 15 and the 16th time the Holy Spirit was to come, he did not come, then it makes a difference. So it does not make a difference. I've seen theologians fight over silly stuff like children, know, uh, nitpicking over things which makes no relevance to life at all. Okay? And churches are split. You need to understand churches have broken away over silly matters. No, they're only singing hymns and not choruses. So we are leaving. Oh, now all these young people have taken our worship. They are only singing choruses and not hymns. So we cannot stay here. We have to find a church where only hymns are sung. You know how silly! Message is too short. Message is too long. You know, imagine children walking away from the table because the father speaks too much. What kind of family would it be right? Or we don't want to eat because he or doesn't talk at the table. So, we need to realize Pentecost is the reversal of Babel. At Pentecost, remember, they all who were gathered in the 120, they were gathered over there, all of the same, one community, spoke one language, Aramic. In Acts chapter 2, verses 5 to 8, something else happens, a reversal of Babel. They were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is that that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? In Babel, they had one language and God confused them and gave them so many languages and nobody understood each other. In Jerusalem, on the day of Pentecost, 120 stood up and they spoke. We don't know. One language or many languages and everyone heard in their language. God reversed. Who can understand the ways of God, right? In Babel, language had dispersed them. On Pentecost in Jerusalem, language, in spite of so many languages, the Holy Spirit united them. Communication becomes a means of unity and not disunity. That's what the Holy Spirit does first. At Babel, they wanted to make a name for themselves. Remember, at Pentecost, they wanted to glorify the name of Jesus. Babel was bad news. Pentecost was good news. Babel, they spread abroad in hostility, one language group against another. At Jerusalem from Pentecost, they were united and they became, every tribe, every nation became one nation, which was called Holy Nation. But Babylon is not dead and out. It will fight tooth and nail till it is from completely destroyed. But that is the day that the Holy Spirit came down and filled 120 people, including the very flesh and blood family of Jesus Christ. We see his mother and his brothers are there. Sisters are not mentioned. Maybe they were there. We do not know. But the truth is that the world has never been the same again. John had prophesied, John the Baptist In Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying to them all, Indeed, I baptize you with water. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. But the one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus had reminded them the same thing. Wait, 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 wait. The most important Important word Jesus tells His church after ascension is please wait. The word He still has to tell everybody sitting in their homes, houses, wherever they are, listening is wait. You cannot live this life without the Holy Spirit. Everything okay? You cannot live this life without the Holy Spirit. Don't get, don't get discouraged when you hear the messages Who can do these things? How is it possible? I hear that all the time from different parts of the world, from the new believers. How is it possible to live this life? That's exactly what the disciples also. They got depressed. Even after Jesus breathed upon them and they were born of the Holy Spirit, they were depressed. That's why John, sorry, Peter and all the eight of them went back fishing. Jesus did not get angry with them. He let them fail, calls them to the shore and uh, feeds them. We had only one thing to say. I understand. You can be born of the Spirit, but you cannot live the Spirit. Live this life. Being born of the Spirit and living this life are two different things. You can be saved and never have a, an overcoming life. It's not possible. To be saved and not have an overcoming life is absolutely natural because to be, have an overcoming life, it is only possible. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be... for that, you wait. Come together in one mind. Come together, accord. Stay in your house as a family, even now, wherever people are. Come together and wait until you receive that power. And when you receive that power, you will know. Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the speech Spirit gave them utterance. So something is happening on that day there. This is what John had told, prophesied, that the one who comes after me shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire and when the first time it came god did it that way now wanted to look he came has a mighty wind signifying power and he came has fire signifying cleansing and scripture says divided or cloven tongues and one sat upon each of them meaning the filling was not corporate it was individual it was individual because we want things to happen in mass and then those who are not filled also think they are filled when they are not filled. But that's not what it says. Everyone was individually filled. Everyone was individually cleansed because they had come in one mind, one accord. Please understand, this is not a mass thing. This is an individual thing that is happening. Everyone among them, you will see the Holy Spirit comes in power and he also comes as cloven tongues. And we will realize why. This symbol, these are basically symbols because the Holy Spirit is a spirit, but as symbols so that it tells us he came as power and he also came as cleansing fire. If you turn with me to Proverbs 18 and 21 and James 3, 3, 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We need to realize this is the way God had said before, man, right in the beginning. In the Garden of Eden itself, he had told, don't eat. It's life and death over. Don't eat. They ate. And they ate is because they heard, she responded, and communication went into action. And then after that, everything is because we make our... See, one of the things... We have to learn. I have, I'm learning better and better is that. You can think whatever you want, but as long as you don't utter it, it has no power even over your life. Hallelujah. And you will realize you can stop it right here and change your thought. And the words that comes out is completely contrary to what actually you thought. And the devil cannot th- get into your mind and think, get what you are thinking. He doesn't have that power. He's not God. He can only hear what you say. What you say. And that is from he gets empowered or God's power comes. It is through our words. I'm telling people, honestly telling people, whether you're single or you're married. okay, You can get agitated over little, little things, but you can keep your mouth shut. Little later, you will see the agitation goes. The problem is when we get agitated in our mind and we open our mouth and speak, you can't take it back. Then pride gets in you and apologize. And the devil says, I got you. I got you. Because life and death is still in the tongue. And the power of death is the devil. And life comes from the Holy Spirit. One of the first things the Holy Spirit does when he fills them with power and with cleansing, he comes as cleansing tongues. Because we were two-tongued. That is the nature of the serpent. He is two-tongued. He speaks this way and that way. He will come and say, "Did God really say?" And then he will come. You will surely not die. He will say both sides, and he says, "I want to make your tongue whole, that you speak life and you don't speak death, because that's what the entire James chapter three is talking about. Is about that. How can you speak both praise and curse, praise and curse? How can you speak both? You talk like the devil, and God has given only only one tongue. No, if He had given us Two tongues and one ear, we could still excuse, I can't help it, I have two tongues. But God says, no, I gave you only one tongue and I want that tongue to be whole. I want that tongue to be whole. I want that tongue to be whole. And in James chapter 3 and verse 3, because we need to understand, what does the baptism of the Holy Spirit do? What does the baptism of the Holy Spirit do? Because the proof of the pudding is in the eating. What does it do? It primarily changes the way you talk. The way you Communicate. That's the first thing God wants to do because everything was created because God spoke. That's why scripture says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word is God. Is God. Let there be light. And God wants to change. One of the first things the Holy Spirit does is change the way we talk. Indeed, uh, 3, 4, James 3, 2 or 4. No, no, it's not. This. Three, two, three, two. Yeah. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. which is you really. in Peter will again say in Second Peter, his last letter, remember, that we add all these things and you will not even stumble. And God says, you think it's difficult? So one of the areas you need, need to stumble is stumble in your speech if you can handle your speech okay and handling your speech is of course handling by what you hear and how you pro- digest it but god is doing something when the holy spirit came okay and we need both again <laughs> we need the power of the holy spirit and be the cleansing fire of the holy spirit and yes social distancing is good 67 days to prepare us We are not talking doctrine here. We are not talking it's a good idea, a good doctrine. This is life. This is life. God has slowed down the whole world so that the church will actually slow down. Okay, church will actually slow down. Ten days after Jesus ascended, the church was in prayer. And they focused on one point. It was not their problems. It was not that Jesus had gone away. It was not the issues in the Jewish community. It was not how cruel the Roman Empire was, how they longed for freedom. Their focus was not anything that was earthly. Their focus was, we want the promise of the Father. You don't know what it is. Now we know it is because they got it. We don't know what it is. They were the first group who had no clue what it was. They had different ideas from the Old Testament what happened when the Spirit came. Some of them were true, but that was not the whole picture. They said, we want the power to live the life of Christ Jesus. We want to be his witnesses. We want to be his witnesses. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the question is, They had heard, like I said, 16 different appearances of Jesus Christ, spoke to hundreds of them. Paul says over 500, including family. Hundreds of them saw him and were told the same word. Wait, Terry, you can do nothing without me, like I could do nothing without the father. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. How many of them had faith? How many of them believed? 120. Only 120. Believed. But we do not realize till yesterday I'm hearing. In the church, it's an under incredible. When I use the word church, I mean the church all over the world. One word. God doesn't say churches. Okay, God says church. When he uses churches, it means the same church in different places. Church is under great, great pressure. All over, even in India, even in Hyderabad, (laughs) ministries are shutting down. Shutting down. You know why? No money. You have no idea. Even the richest church in the world, called the Catholic Church, one of the statements the Pope made last week is, prepare for hard times. No money. You know what God is telling the church? Go back to the drawing board. Go back. Do you know how my church began? Acts 3, verse 6. Do you know how my church began? He said, this is how my church began. The first statement made when they stepped out. Silver and gold I do not have, but I do what I do have, I give it to you. The church did not have money, but they had power. He says, now, For 2,000 years, you are boasting you had money, but you had no power. Now go back to your closet and come out. You don't need money. gold and the silver are mine. Cattle on the thousand hills are mine. The church is not built with money. It's built with power. And all the money you need, as my spirit leads, he will add, you have to go back to the place where the church began. The church did not start with money. It started with power and power from above. It started with a holy cleansing of lives and minds by the Spirit of God. And it was reflected in their speech. God is calling the church and his people in every home, whether you are an individual in a PG accommodation or in quarantine, In hospital or in home? He is asking men and women, come back. Didn't we all get so excited when we had a little child write her own words and sing a song? You know what? I'm telling you, God will speak to the children. He may avoid the parents and speak to the children. Because he is looking for anyone who is hungry. God is asking his children, come. You have heard for 60 plus days the life God expects and offers. and Many are miserable <laughs> and you are meant to be miserable. <laughs> you know why? Because who is sufficient unto this life? Answer, no one without God. The Holy Spirit is here. He has not been withdrawn yet. He's withdrawing it from the world, but he's not withdrawing it from the church as a whole and the Holy Spirit is here. Both individuals, families and churches. We need to go back to our prayer closet. And we do not see that is the entire pattern in the Old Testament, in the, sorry, in the book of Acts, in the New Covenant. Everything. Every word written in the New Covenant, starting from Matthew 1 1 to Revelation 22.21 21 is revelation by the Holy Spirit. Every word. And there's not a single word written over there which is not revelatory. Matthew. Where did Matthew get this from? From the Holy Spirit. Where did Luke get it from? The Holy Spirit. Everything is by the Holy Spirit. Even the book of Revelation, when he is in the Spirit and taken on a guided tour through time and eternity by an angel, yet the seven words of Jesus Christ is listened to what the Spirit says. It is entirely orchestrated. Meaning, if you have a symphony and a choir group and orchestra sitting over there with all kinds of vocals and instruments, the conductor is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is conducting everything. And if people think the Holy Spirit is a doctrine and not a person, we will be miserable. This is a person. And that a person came with power and cleansed. Why did he come as cleansing fire? So that he could fill them more with himself. The more cleaned he them cleaned them up, the more he could fill them with power. And That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. And they knew. They all knew. The answer was the Spirit of God. Less of me and More of him to the point where Paul will say, I die daily. I don't want even less of me. I don't want anything of me. Let it be all of him. Each time, if you notice the record in the book of Acts, they came out of their upper rooms. They came out endured with even more power, not less, even more love and not less, even more unity and not less even more filled with the Spirit, and not less, every time. They fasted and they prayed. They cast out earthly thoughts and earthly dreams. The Tower of Babel was brought down and replaced with God's thoughts and God's desires. And Everywhere you will see one common cry. What should we do? <laughs> what should we do? It didn't matter whether it's a Jewish assembly or a Gentile assembly. When they heard the word, everybody's cry was, what should we do to receive this life? And the answer was always the Holy Spirit. And it's continuous. And God is not a respect for a person. Acts chapter 1, he will say, wait. Acts chapter 2, you will see they are waiting. You see the Holy Spirit coming. You have Pentecost has begun. The real Pentecost has begun. You see the Holy Spirit falling. You see the Holy Spirit being given to 3,000. You see Peter and John stepping out. You see the Holy Spirit starting its work. And through it all, three and four, persecution, and church is increasing, the Holy Spirit is moving, the places are being shaken, and in Acts chapter 5, a vibrant, spirit-filled church, hypocrisy is trying to come, the Holy Spirit immediately intervenes, takes hypocrisy out, so the church will be clean and pure and full in chapter six immediately you have a logistical issues about feeding of the widows the holy spirit intervenes seven people full of the holy spirit and wisdom are chosen the first two names are stephen and philip in seven you see stephen standing before the sanhedrin and the bible says he spoke and in chapter six you will see Philip is being used by the Holy Spirit. In chapter 7, Stephen. I mean, you can wait at the table and be used by God. It is entirely, supernaturally the move of the Holy Spirit. And I do not know how churches can function and individuals can function without His Spirit. And God was reaching out. It didn't matter whether you were Jew or Gentile. Anyone who sought God, God was there. Persecution meant nothing. It only meant expansion. Persecution, actually, because they were dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So whether you are in India or China or Middle East, it does not matter. If the Spirit of God is there, persecution will always mean expansion. Because you will see in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, persecution immediately after the death of uh, Stephen. Saul was consenting to his death At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. except the Through it all, God is in control. He scattered the disciples and kept the apostles there. See, God is sovereign through it all. Sister may want to kill the apostles first, but God said, no, you cannot touch them until my time comes. He kept the apostles over there and scattered the disciples. And verse 4 will say, This is what the verse 4 says. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Everywhere. Nothing could shut their mouth. Because their tongues had been put on fire by God. You simply could not stop witnessing Christ. This is a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Today what happens in the church, when people open their mouths, they only talk about their misery and their troubles. They have no witness. When you come out of this lockdown, if you need to have a witness when you actually are able to sing and praise and witness the life of Jesus Christ, you need to get into your closet and ask for, Lord, what you did then, you will do it always. You haven't changed, Lord. Fill me with my with your spirit and cleanse my tongue, O oh Lord, that your power will be manifested. In verses 5 to 8, Philip, who was one of the, let us say, waiters who was in charge of supplies, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. God didn't use any of the apostles in Samaria. Now they are moving from Jerusalem, the Jewish first, pure Jews. From the pure Jews, the mixed ones, Samaritans. Later he will go to the pure Gentiles. But it is moving. And nothing and nobody is able to stop them. Because God is smarter than man. The wisdom, the foolishness of God is smarter than the wisdom. Because all the Jews are watching the apostles. Okay, you will not move. You will not preach. God says, you stay there. I'll use my little fellows. So they missed the move of God completely. Because by putting probably the apostles under house arrest, they thought we have stopped this movement. They didn't realize any man filled with the God Spirit of God is the same. Oh, this fellow! Oh, Philip! I, he was waiting on the tables. Let him go. And Scripture says, peace, you see the work that is happening." For oh, unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were precious, Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Did you see that? God will again move ordinary people. I'm telling you, my heart is this. Men and women will come out of this lockdown. Ordinary people. God will, His Spirit will skirt all those smart ones and great ones and will pick up simple, ordinary ones. Simple, ordinary ones. He will. They will emerge. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Persons. Because if you look at Acts 6-5, what you see is seven people there, right? This the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip. Then you have five other names. In Acts chapter 6, you see Philip. In Acts chapter 7, we see, sorry, Acts chapter uh, 7, we see Stephen. Acts chapter 8, we see Philip. Everywhere. And Philip went and all of Samaria was tickle pink. tickle pink. They accepted the word of the Lord. But as soon as the apostles heard Samaria had accepted the word of the Lord, you see what happens in verse 14 of chapter 8. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. In verse 15, 16. When they had come down, they prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. And when he has yet had yet fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as they heard, what did they do? They sent Peter and John, go, 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 go. We don't want a defeated life there they have been born again by the spirit they have been baptized but that's not enough the witness of jesus in samaria should be the same witness of jesus in jerusalem and judea jesus cannot have two different uh, witnesses in two different places the witness of jesus christ from the jerusalem to the ends of the earth will be the same witness because the life will be the same so they send them to samaria and they prayed and the holy spirit came upon them and they received the holy spirit pattern has never changed it never changed They can't be left like that. They needed power. The person of the Holy Spirit to live in them and empower them. They have received the Holy Spirit because of the word they have heard. But they need to receive the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And please, let me tell you, wherever you are listening, nothing has changed. You just cry out to God. There will be nobody to come there to lay hands upon you because everything is locked on. You don't need You don't need on the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, nobody laid hands upon anybody. It just fell upon everybody. And in Cornelius' house, nobody laid hands upon anybody. It just fell upon. I know people who are where the Holy Spirit fell them while traveling in an auto in front of the TV. I've seen heard all kind of stuff happening where people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he's not a respectful of persons. He's just looking for who is thirsty. Come to me all who are thirsty. and He said, come Drink of me. Jesus is the one who baptises you with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is the one who baptises you into Jesus. When you got saved, it's the Spirit of God who baptised you into Jesus. When you got filled, it is Jesus who baptised you in the Holy Spirit. They are all working together. There is no disunity in the Trinity. We, with our theology, tries to create disunity among them. They are not disunited. Just cry out to God, Lord, I'm not satisfied. Even if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's not enough. Every day you need to cry out, Lord, I need more of you, Lord, more of you, Lord. Lord, if you can't fill me anymore, that means I have not emptied myself. Now you look at this bottle. When I came, it was full. Now Halfway into the sermon, it is half. That means if you bring, you can fill more. And as we live our life every day, we are actually should be empty. We realize flesh has grown again in these 24 hours. Lord, I'm emptying myself. Lord, fill me more. On the other hand, if we are also hearing the word and listening to the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to work, when we are repenting, he's doing a deeper work in us, that also means he has. So either we are not bothered at all, we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to do a deeper work in us, so we don't sense our emptiness. We emptiness. Emptiness. No, we need to empty ourselves constantly. So Philip is now moved right. Right? Summary of this, an incredible revival. Incredible revival. But you know what? In the midst of the revival, chapter 8 and verse 26, scripture says, verse 26, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. And sometimes you will see angelic interventions directly happening. My reading of angelic interventions when I go through is that sometimes when you are so zealous for the Lord, you need a physical intervention to change direction. Otherwise you will not. Because you are not in the wrong way. (laughs) You are in the right way. You are so zealous. For the Lord, and you are seeing this incredible ministry that is happening, but you are not so surrendered like Jesus who will leave a crowd and go to a woman, but you are so gung-ho because everybody is getting saved. Lord, 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 one more day, Lord, two days. That's what you happen in revivals. Two day revival become three days, three days become seven, seven becomes eight. They will not go from there. So God has to do an angelic intervention to say, move. I have some other plan for you. And you will see, arise, this is the desert. Okay. And when he is on the way, verse twenty-nine, look at what happens. He arose. Now, once he has physically moved, the spirit is able to speak to him. Now it's not the angel. No, it's not the angel. It's the spirit. The spirit said to Philip. Spirit said to Philip. You know? Now this is this is let me tell you this. Let me tell you this thing. Everybody wants to be filled by the Holy Spirit. But my question is this. If you look at any one of them who were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit. They could be led. Their direction of ministry could be changed overnight and they were willing. The question is, are we surrendered to be led that way? Otherwise, how can he fill us? Our whole life changes. Whole direction changes. One day you are having an incredible revival. Next day you are on a desert road ministering to one person. What this person will do in history, you have no clue at all. Who this person, you do not know. But you are willing, exactly like Jesus, you are able to live a crowd and go after one. Because you know, the sovereignty is in the hands of the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord of the harvest. Only He knows the harvest. I can plant plant. Vijay and water increases in God's hands. So the one who is in charge of the increase is overall. He alone knows where to plant, where to water. Are we surrendered that way? And he speaks to this man. We, we, we know this joke, right? Go near and overtake this chariot. And verse 30 onwards. Scripture says, so Philip ran. He ran. He didn't walk fast. He ran. Why? Because the command is very clear. What do you have to do? You have to overtake the chariot. And you know the chariot is goes fast. It's not slow. So Philip is running. And I believe he's aided by the spirit. Because he ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading? Now, This is the issue. People say the messages are too long. But if you do not know the prophet Isaiah, when you hear somebody reading loud the prophet Isaiah, what are you going to minister to him? What are you going to minister to him? So we need to know the text so the Spirit of God can interpret the text. If you do not know the text, what do you interpret? This is the importance of knowing the text. Knowing the text. Philip knew his text. He may have been just chosen to wait at the tables once, but everyone knew their text. Everyone knew their text. He knew their text. So you will see he ran. You have to run with God. When God says run, run. When he says sit, sit. When he says walk, walk. Because the problem is if you walk when you are told to run, you will miss your text. Because as soon as you reached him, you will see the text he is reading from the book of Isaiah is exactly about Jesus Christ. And he does not understand it. You go farther, you will see that's a text. That's a text. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. Who will declare this generation for his life is taken from the earth? The question is, if he was slow, he would have finished that text and would have come to the next chapter. How do you interpret that and give him salvation? The next chapter is something else altogether. So when basically what is God is saying? learn to walk in the spirit learn to move in the spirit because the spirit has appointed certain things to happen in certain times don't miss it don't miss it don't miss it so this is a lesson to us if you don't move in the spirit the spirit is still moving and his purposes are still functioning he's still functioning So we have to learn to move with the Spirit because this entire thing is the work of the Holy Spirit. An incredible revelation, salvation, conviction, baptism, everything within a course of a few minutes. And what does verse 39 and 40 say? Now when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. But he went on his way rejoicing. Now wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Philip was brought there, he ran. The next minute the spirit just picks him up and he takes him from there. The eunuch, huh? where did he go? He came out of the water, Philip is gone. Oh, am I, was this an imagination? Maybe, a lot of people say, maybe my salvation was all thoughts. Now I have changed my mind. No, Philip is gone. But the Holy Spirit hasn't left the eunuch. He goes rejoicing. Because righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is the kingdom of God. Philip will go. Ministers will go. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave anybody who has genuinely surrendered his life to him. The Holy Spirit is there. The next thing you know, Philip is in another place far away. And passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. So the question is, are we worried about lockdown? Are we worried? Are we worried this may may continue all the way for this whole year? No meetings, no churches, no gatherings, no crusades, no revival, nothing. Does that constrain the Holy Spirit? How come that in these 60 days we probably have brought in more people into the kingdom? not we, God has brought in more people into the Kingdom of God than the days where we are free? Because the Holy Spirit is not limited by anything. No system, nobody can limit the Holy Spirit except us by our unbelief. The Spirit of God is not limited. But we limit the Holy Spirit by our unbelief. Because we hear the word and we stiffen our hearts. We hear the word, we stiffen our hearts. Because the Holy Spirit wants to fill us. But he cannot fill us unless he has emptied us. And he cannot empty us until he has cleansed us. He empties and cleanses. That's what we do with our dishes, right? After we finish eating, we keep it. We rinse it out nicely and clean it. Then we fill it. Nobody fills a dirty vessel. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us. He loves to fill man. Because he is the Father and the Son. They are the same. When God says that God so loved the world, the Spirit also so loved the world. His love is no different from the Father, or so the Son. It's the same love. So he wants to fill us, but he cannot fill us until he has cleansed us. And we struggle with that. But that's what the book of Acts says. He came down as a mighty wind. And with fire and wind is power. You will see its effects. You cannot see it, but you see its effects, how lives are changed. Lives are transformed. And there he is going. And in Acts chapter 9, you see another man. Now he is a Pharisee of Pharisees, literally knocked down off his high horse. So God is not a respecter of persons. Jewish community can be saved. Uh, Mixed multitude. Samaria is filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Ethiopian eunuch is filled and baptized and sent. And then you have a Pharisee of Pharisees. Knocked down. Blinded. But three days later, look at Acts chapter 9 and verse 17. Ananias, a simple unknown believer, comes from there. Ananias went his ways and entered his house, laying his hands on him. He said, I love it, brother Saul. <laughs> <laughs> right? How beautiful it is, right? How beautiful it is to know that it doesn't matter. You are my persecutor. I was running for my life, hiding from you. But through God, we are brothers now. Brother Saul? Brother Saul, right? Brother Saul, laying hands who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy it, it, Nothing has changed. The pattern is still the same. That you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what he did. He laid hands upon him. And verse 18 says, Scales, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once. So I pray, even from those greats of greats in the kingdom of God, incredibly righteous, godly men, whole spectrum that the scales would fall off their eyes and they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how much more effective they would be, powerful would be, because half the world is blocked to them because they received not this. They have made it into a doctrine. They do not know the power of the Holy Spirit which fills you. They are good, but they're brilliant, brilliant, but they have been born of the Spirit. They have not been filled with the Spirit because they refuse it. As somehow man is like scared to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, no, I don't want to lose control. You want to sound so. You, you. We all want to be sound so reasonable and in control before man. But that's not what happened on the day of Pentecost. The crowd looked and said, it's only morning. Are you guys drunk? Are you guys drunk? That's what happens. The Holy Spirit people say, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind taking these decisions in your life? Because drunk people do crazy stuff. And people who are filled with the Holy Spirit in the eyes of the world do Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. I wish scales would fall off. Eyes, many, many eyes. They would see the wonder and the beauty of the Lord. And the beauty of the Lord is that in an instant, incredibly reasonable, Mr. Paul, Saul of Tarsus, is crazy. He's preaching Christ now. Are you crazy? Even King Agrippa Felix always says, your great wisdom has made you Crazy. Crazy it was not the wisdom it was the Holy Spirit nobody would understand this this was the Holy Spirit because even see the Sanhedrin also looking at Peter and John said oh they were with Jesus not that they were with Jesus and they ran left him and ran 40 days after he rose again also they were with Jesus they went back fishing this was not because they were with Jesus. Because Jesus, what he promised to them, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back to you Has the Holy Spirit. I will fill you and life will not be the same. they thought they were because they were with Jesus. Not because they were with Jesus. Because the spirit of Jesus had filled them. That's what made the difference. And in this lockdown, the spirit of God has to fill the church. And the church that comes out, the world will not understand. It will not understand. And this is the gospel. The gospel is the gospel of the Holy Spirit. We are looking for anything short of that, it is all there in the Old Testament. It's all there in the Old Testament. I keep asking, tell me one thing that Jesus did, which any of the prophets in the Old Testament did not do. Casting out demons. Other than that, everything they did. Actually, they did more. They did more. Ministry-wise, the only thing he did, which they did not do, he cast out demons. Everything else they did. So what was he so different from anybody? Start from Abel down to the last prophet, John the Baptist. How was he different? It was his life. His life was different, filled with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, totally filled with the Holy Spirit. He was one man who walked on earth, who was the witness of the Father. How did he become the witness of the Father? Because he allowed the Spirit of the Father to live through them. And now he says, wait. You also get filled with the Holy Spirit and you know what you will be? You will be my witnesses. As I was the witness of the Father, I want you to be my witnesses. So the world will know who Jesus is. In Acts chapter 10, it's a Gentile. Cornelius the Roman. So from Jew to mixed multitude to Pharisee, Now we are moving into the Gentiles. You will see everywhere it is the same. Chapter 1, chapter 10, verses 1 to 6. 10, 1 to 6. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Send men to Joppa. Send for Simeon, whose surname is Peter. is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. I'm praying and I'm believing many, many Corneliuses, basically Gentiles, people who are not of the faith, will be touched by God. Righteous men, yet longing to have a genuine encounter with the living God. They're right. They pray, they give alms. A lot of them, Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, have met all kind of genuinely righteous human beings. Not the righteous one that comes by faith. They pray, they give alms, they're very kind, all. And I pray they will have an encounter like Cornelius had, an encounter with the living God. They are searching and seeking. And I believe God is, Reaching out. You know how God reaches out? He reaches out through the internet, through the radio, and through the TV. They are searching. But in their heart, there is this cry, Lord, I do all these things. I don't know what causes me to do all these things, but I know you are the cause. And who are you, Lord? And scripture says, an angel appeared in a vision. It was three in the afternoon. And he spoke. And he says, you're good. You see, the Holy Spirit is on the move because the Bible begins, sorry, the new covenant, the day of Pentecost begins with Paul saying that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and you shall see dreams and visions. The Holy Spirit speaks through different ways, especially in the beginning of the apostolic age in visions and in dreams and angelic intervention. And then the revelation starts coming, 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 coming. And the word is given. So we need less of this, not that we don't need it. We need less of it. Because once we have been established in the word, then the Holy Spirit is able to lead us through the word. We don't need a vision or a dream so much because he can lead us through it all. Because the word has been given. But I'm not discounting any of this. These are all still there. okay? But once you have been established in the word, it's very easy for the Holy Spirit to lead you because the word is there as our guide. But here you will see the Holy Spirit is on the move. And sometimes we think... Others need to hear. I don't need to hear. I'm, I've been in the ministry for so many years, you see. We've read our Bible in so many versions we have read. Not in just one version. We have read it in so many versions. I don't need to change. Cornelius need to change. But you do not realize when the Holy Spirit is moving, he's moving here with a Gentile who does not know God and is re- leading. he's speaking to the number one apostle Peter that you both need to change. Your prejudices, your approved ways of thinking, you need to change before I can move you. So before we continue, you need to ask this question, Lord, what do I need to take change in me before I can become a better witness? Peter did not realize he needed to change his entire theology, doctrine which he has followed from childhood. Entire doctrine has to be changed. Like Paul has to change his entire doctrine. The question is Acts chapter 5 verse 32. We are his witnesses to these things. So also is the Holy Spirit. We are witnesses with the Holy Spirit. Whom God gives, has given to those who obey him. The question is, how far are we willing to obey him? Imagine, you are in the Christian faith, Paul and Peter. Let us put them in the Judaic faith, which is akin to the Christian faith. And you have grown up and you have practiced this all your life. And one day the Holy Spirit comes and says, you need to change your doctrine. Entire doctrine. Will you? Paul said, yes, I will. And Peter said, "I will." That's why he is shown a vision. His vision is different from Cornelius's vision; completely bit different. Acts chapter ten, verses eleven to sixteen. And I saw. He saw. Now he's. It's in the afternoon, noontime. He's in a trance. Okay. I told told the the Pali church the difference between a dream and a vision. A vision is seen when you are awake. Okay. A dream is given when you are asleep. This is the difference between a vision and a dream. And I saw the heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, no Lord, not so Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now, this is not talking about eating meat. People take this and run away with it. But it is using something from his Judaic heritage to teach him a lesson about mankind. The Holy Spirit has come. The new covenant has become. Everything has changed. It is not only the Jews who are a clean people. All people are going to be clean. So the gospel is not restricted to one set of people. The gospel is now going to the ends of the world. So it has to be powerfully given to them in vision, inner vision, in the middle of the day, so that it's not even a dream, middle of the day, in language you understand so well, something which you have would never do, until it has changed. It was done three times and the object was taken into heaven again. God is trying to say. God is saying that no man is beyond God's reach. No man is beyond God's reach. No man is beyond God's reach. Nobody. We saw no. I'm so excited. These sisters coming to the Lord. I'm so excited. 20 of the streets, 43 of the streets. And they have made their decisions. Nobody is there with them. No pastor is with them. Nobody is there with them. But they heard and they said, we are off the streets. We made a decision for Jesus Christ. Now what's my prayer, Lord? Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Nobody is unclean before your eyes. Don't call whom God has cleansed as unclean. Isn't it awesome? And Cornelius had sent three men. At the same time when Peter is seeing this vision, next day, look at the timing the previous day at three in the afternoon cornelius sees the vision and he immediately calls two men and his devout soldier who's also a god-fearing man sends them to jopa no gps going wrong everything is very clear jopa house by the sea simon the apostle house belongs to simon the tanner don't get the wrong simon and come you'll get the wrong message Call the correct Simon. Everything is very, very clear. So now he's seen that vision. Rise up and eat. Kill and eat. Rise up and three times the sheet is taken at the gate. At the gate. Three men at the gate. They have reached there. Exactly. Look at how the Holy Spirit is moving. And look at verse 19. While Peter wondered, yeah. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirits, who said to him? Behold, three men are seeking you mean, the number doesn't go wrong. Three men are seeking. Arise therefore, go down and go with them. Doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Doubting. I know where you came from. I know under what you grew. I know it all. Now doubt doubt anything. You're not breaking anything. You are upholding something. Now go with the Gentiles. Go with them. How clear it is. The Spirit of God. And Peter went. And I think there were six others with Peter also. So altogether there were ten of them. If I am right, Peter took six of his companions. And uh, there were three. So Peter included seven plus three, ten. Good number, right? If I am right, if I am right, it's ten of them. All led by the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is willing to lead by voice, by vision, by dream, angelic intervention, anyone who is hungry. He is willing to intervene. Don't just shorten his arm by unbelief. Please listen to what he told the apostle. Don't doubt anything that I say. Don't doubt anything. Just believe and go. And when they reach Caesarea, verse 24, The following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. From that day till today, this is what Gentiles do. One gets saved. Before you know, they will say, we are waiting. 500 have gathered. (laughs) Nothing has changed. Only Cornelius saw the vision. Right? He gathered all his relatives by faith. Because in the vision, there is a Simon who he doesn't even know who it is. A Simon is coming from Joppa. And he got all his people together. He is in Caesarea, he is in Joppa. One day's journey, one day's return. He knows when they are coming. And the whole crowd has gathered. How does he know? Because he believes. He's gathered everybody. All his relatives and close friends. Everybody is gathered. And this is how faith operates. This is how faith operates. You don't have to worry, you can't gather anybody, but you can still forward. How do you know who is listening? How do you know who? You're more worried. Oh, will they be offended? You're so worried, worried about offending people than offending Christ. Ten people may be offended, one may listen, and then one may enter. But because you're so afraid of man, you did not pass it to that person. We are so afraid of offending man. What happens if you forward? They'll say, ah, they delete that's all. Or they will say, don't send it to me again. Fine, you are off the mailing list. That's all right. People are even afraid to do that. Cornelius was not afraid. He called everybody and said, please come. What? We have a meeting. What meeting? I don't know. <laughs> who is speaking? Name is this. I don't know who he is. What is he going to speak? I don't know. He's going to speak about the true way to God. So please come. Everybody was curious. They all came. They all came. And that's what he's doing. Oh boy, Peter preached his heart out. How could he preach his heart out in a Gentile house? He comes and tells very clearly. You know, you look at verse and he says, you know, we are not allowed to get in and fellowship with the Gentiles and all that he says. Read from verse 25. Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Peter lifted him saying, stand up by myself, I'm also a man. Hmm? But that's not what today's preachers will do. They will say, They will receive it so nicely. They feel so good. You know, they feel so good. Not the apostles. Please, without a difference between you and me. You are a gentle, I am a Jew. Five minutes later, you and I will be the same because both will be filled by the same spirit. There will be no difference between you and me. Get up man, I am just a man like you, saved by grace. Filled by the Holy Spirit. There's no difference between you and me. He lifted him up, saying, "Stand up! I myself am also a man." In verse 27, and as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, "You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go with one of another nation, but God has shown me I should not call any man common or unclean." He understood the vision. He understood the vision. He knew this got nothing to do with animals. But people who like pig and all make it into animals, they miss the vision completely. (laughs) People who read this, take it completely wrong, because they never understood the vision. They will never evangelize. They will never share the word with any Gentile. Instead, they will eat every unclean animal possible. This is how you receive a vision with the flesh. But that's not, Look, don't call any man unclean. Nobody is common. Nobody is unclean. Everybody is welcome into the kingdom of God because the work is done entirely by God. The blood of Jesus will cleanse anybody. The vilest of sinners, it will clean. And once you are cleansed, the spirit of God will fill any clean vessel. And your background doesn't matter. This is what it means anyone who is Christ Jesus, the old things have passed away. And it doesn't matter after that what people say about you. It is not true. You are clean. You are filled by the Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like Eliezer. Remember? Abraham gave him complete power over his entire possessions, resources into his hands. To acquire a bride for Christ. That is what you read in the book of Acts. What all the Holy Spirit will do to get people in? Everything possible. And there is the Holy Spirit. Peter is preaching his heart out. It is interesting. Verse 44 to 46. While Peter was still speaking these words... What happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the. The Holy Spirit was too impatient. He is not waiting for any altar call or anything. The Holy Spirit did not wait for an altar call or laying of hands. So please don't ever think, oh, I have. Nobody is there to lay hands upon me. So these are all different ways of receiving the same spirit the holy spirit is not constrained by certain patterns he makes his own patterns according to the situations all he looks is who is listening to the word of my son and who is hungry to receive what is being spoken and he falls that's all he looks there's no altar call there's no laying of hands they're not even baptized They're not even baptized. All our doctrines and our approved, you no, know, reformed doctrines, <laughs> all go out of the window. With the Holy Spirit, it simply doesn't work. It simply does not work. You know? Remember the Ethiopian eunuch. He hears, he understands, convicted, receives everything. He says, "What is there to be stopped uh, from me being baptized?" Oh, can I please check with the Jerusalem Council? Maybe you'll have to attend three baptism classes. The Spirit of God says, baptize him when you go. I've got some other work for him and some other work for him. Baptize and move. Baptize, come out, Philip is gone. Man is going. That's why one of the world's oldest churches is in Ethiopia. Oldest, most ancient churches is in Ethiopia. Who? This man. How did they know? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And I'm praying, Lord, even now as I'm speaking, Lord, all those who are hearing, whatever background they have come, Lord, I pray, Lord, your spirit will just fall upon them. That's all you need. Hear the word, believe the word, receive the word, and the spirit of God will come. God is not a respecter of persons. Sort of a respect of persons. What we need again, the final move of the Holy Spirit is, Lord, fill to the brim. Let it overflow, Lord. Let your people overflow with your Spirit. Verse 45, 46. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God speaking we will leave tongues out. tongues out. We'll come that to another day. but you see one of the signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit? you start praising God. Who are these people? Gentiles, Five minutes ago. What are they now? Believers. What is the evidence? They are praising God. Nobody has to tell them to praise God. Whatever language they spoken, whatever language, culture they came from, everything was overruled by the Spirit of God. Now they are praising and magnifying the living God. That's a sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't magnify your problems, you start magnifying God. You don't magnify Corona, you magnify Christ. In everything you see an opportunity. The opportunity is to magnify Christ. You always see that in the book of Acts. You get beaten up, black and blue, thrown into the prison at the midnight power. What are they doing? Magnify Christ. And then there is a whole set of people listening. Scripture says the captives were listening. Because I believe something like this had never happened in that prison before. How can you be beaten in chains and magnify Christ? Magnify Christ. How can? How can anybody? You know why? How you can magnify Christ in the darkest hour of your life when you are chained and beaten? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will magnify Christ. You will magnify Christ. There is no other way. Flesh cannot do this. You can pump flesh only for a season. After that, the flesh will go its own way. All the teaching and the doctrine still will not make the flesh magnify God in all situations. Only the Holy Spirit can. It is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And this is the call of God. This is the call of God. And the entire purpose of teaching is to drive us to Christ. Oh, miserable man that I am. The things which I want to do, I don't do. The things which I don't want to do, I do. Who will save me? The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ. So you should be miserable when you hear the word of God. Because it is meant to make you miserable so that you are driven to Christ. And Christ Jesus sets you free. He sets you free. Because he fills you with his own spirit and says, Yes, it's not Obama's. Yes, we can. It's Christ. Yes, we can. We can. He will not leave you. He will be with you. The world cannot receive him. But you can. He will be with you. He will be in you. And I will live my life through you. And Paul understood it the apostles understood it and they would not allow people like paul would not allow a life apart from the spirit would not allow in the sanctuary a life apart from the spirit because in galatia when he saw a few of the jewish converts who were from james came he saw peter and barnabas separating themselves in fellowship he stood up and said this is against the spirit Maybe you may be able to sanction bringing up something from the law. But uh, let me tell you, this is against the spirit. And I will not allow that against the spirit here. I will not allow it. Because the unity of the church is brought by the spirit. It is the spirit that brings the unity. And this is flesh manifesting here. Peter, flesh is manifesting. Barnabas, flesh is manifesting. And the spirit will not allow it. And he stands and fellowship is restored. The unity of the spirit is restored. It's restored. Thank God for the humility of Peter and Barnabas and all. They receive correction from an younger disciple. They receive it. Otherwise, I believe they had not received it. That would have been the end of their ministry. God would have moved them out. They would have continued without the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is very, very sensitive about these things. What God has called clean, let no man become unclean. God has clean. Everybody is welcome because he has broken that middle wall of hostility and brought Jew and Gentile together and made them one body in Christ Jesus. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Greek, slave or free man, Everybody is one in Christ Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit. If you look at the problem in, in U.S., you know what the whole, U.S. is divided into two racial camps. Many camps. You know the only one who can bring it together is the Holy Spirit. Where there will be no black man or white man. No brown man or Hispanic. Nobody. It is one man in Christ Jesus. That's what God is doing. He's making one man in Christ Jesus. So Christ in all and all in Christ. Oh, that's a good title. Christ in all and all in Christ. That's what God is talking about. That's what he's making. We have to break down our every preconceived ideas and prejudices, everything. No Dalit, no SC, no ST, nothing like that. Nothing like that. That's one of the first things I did when I became a believer. took that tag called Syrian out of my name, just Christian. There's no Syrian there, because Syrian is a caste term, meaning you're a Brahminical order. The first ones all were converted to a Brahmin, so the Syrian Christians don't fellowship with the other Christians in Kerala. They don't even intermarry. So you have Christians and Syrian Christians, and our bishops always used to come from Antioch. Our bishops were not even Indians. They came for centuries from Antioch. So our Bible was not in English or Malayalam, it was in Peshita, the Syriac language, so up in there. None of them even know Christ now. Take. that's why you will see Syrian churches all over India even here at near Vida and St. Andrews you go check in any of those churches you will not find a single convert not a single convert you will find in these churches because they have the same Semitic mentality we, our own, ourselves we can't mingle with others so the gospel has failed you or rather you failed the gospel oh no Gospel is a power of God unto salvation. The Jew first, and the Greek, and everybody. And when the Jews said no, God said forget them, you go to the Gentiles. Please understand, we carry inbuilt prejudices. Inbuilt prejudices, and some of us may carry prejudices which might come from our education. No! There's nothing! Education means nothing. With education, we cannot convert anybody. Language is just a gift. The poor receive the gospel. It's easier to walk with the poor and enjoy their hospitality and live with them. And they will sit and listen. They get never get tired. The the wise man is very tired because his mind is occupied with many, many other things. The simplicity of gospel misses him. The poor man doesn't ask so many questions. He just loves Jesus. He's so shocked that God could love him. He's so shocked God could accept him like the wise man and the rich man. And the noble man. And the powerful man. You mean to say, we all same? All same. Absolutely same. No difference with God. He, you, who, all of you come through the same door. No other door. Only one door. You know the awesomeness of the gospel? Oh, the Cornelius. Peter. It does not matter. Whether it is Cornelius or Peter. We all have to hear from the same Holy Spirit. And we all have room for change. The spirit will tell you. Right? The spirit told Cornelius, good man, good man. Your religion is very good. You are a kind man. You are a generous man. You are a very righteous man. But that's not enough. You need to hear the word. You need to hear about my son. Otherwise this will not take you there. This will should take you to him. This will not take you to heaven. Now you need to hear the word. And to the good man on this side, Peter. Peter, 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 Peter. I know you better than you know yourself. You got many, many blocks in your mind. And you will speak it out. I know you You can't help holding it. You will go there and say, well, you know, we are not supposed to walk with you or talk with you. So see, I'm really cool, okay? Somebody else wouldn't have come, but I have come. Just couldn't escape. Help saying it. But he went and he was shocked. And you will see next chapter. Bah, the Jews were so mad, contented with Peter for going to the Gentiles. How dare you go? So Peter didn't go along. He took six people who were there with him who witnessed it all. And he said, What? But when they heard, you'll see, I'll show you the exact word he uses. It's wonderful. The beautiful, one line caught my eye about what their testimony is. not part of today's message, but I'll tell you what happened over there. Uh, You look at chapter 11 and verse 1. 1 and 2. Got it? Now apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contented with them, but that is in his entire reply to them, there is one thing he says, verse 15 and as I began to speak the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us, on the beginning, he said, what could I do? He said, I was struck dumb because the way he fell upon them was exactly the way he fell upon, so God is not making any distinction between them and us if it had fallen differently upon them like a two sprinkles and upon us fullness, we could have said them, this is second class and we are first class. But it's not that what happened. What happened, it fell upon them the same way. Well, look at 16 and 17. It's beautiful. Same. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, "John indeed, baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, Who was I that I could withstand God? Who am I? And look at verse 18. What now they all say. When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. So they were all good men. See, they're all good men. None of them are bad men. And I'm telling you, all of us are not bad men. We are good men, but we have prejudices. Which has to be broken down by the Holy Spirit. And our prejudices have come through a lot of learning and upbringing. Upbringing. Those things have to be broken down. And once those things are broken down, then we will realize they are all the same. Same word saved us. If we allow the same spirit to fill us, we will be able to live with peace and unity. Actually, more learning makes us mad okay how easy if it all of us believed only in the word and not other things our problem is we add other things then confusion if we only believed in the word and allowed only the holy spirit to fill us there is unity and you know that's what is going to happen that is the church that is the church that is how it will all and god will have ultimately a set of people who will call whom he will call the bride of his son, which is one set of people over 2,000 years who were all different ages, different times, different cultures, different settings, but all of them believed in the same word and allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them. And you know what happens as I end Revelation 22, verse 17. and The spirit and the bride say, the voice has become one. With one voice. The voice of the spirit has become the voice of the bride. The voice of the bride has become the voice of the spirit. They are one. They both say, come. To the others, they say, come. And drink. Let who thirst come? And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. I always struggle with these words. Lord, what are you trying to say? What are they going to drink now? If the spirit and the bride says, come and drink, Does that mean that you can either drink from the spirit or the bride? It is the same? The church has been filled with the Holy Spirit and whatever flows from the church is only the spirit. Only the spirit. Spirit and the bride says, come. Babel has gone. Babylon has disappeared. And Jerusalem has risen. The Jerusalem that is from above. One holy nation. Baptized in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Baptized with the Holy Spirit and one fire. And this is, okay, Though March, May 31st is a day, (laughs) Pentecost Sunday. It should become real for every one of us. You don't have to wait till 31st. You don't have to wait till 31st. It can be today. It can be every day. Lord, here I am. Fill me. Cleanse me. Fill me. Cleanse me. Fill me. Empty me, Lord. Empty me, Lord. Empty, Lord. And then the Bible says the outer man is perishing. But the inward man is being renewed from glory to glory to glory. And boy, he'll say, you know what? Sad, pandemic was sad for the world, but good for me. Good for me. If it were not for the lockdown, Many will be able to say, if it were not for the lockdown, I would not have known the Lord. If it were not for the lockdown, I would not have been filled with the Spirit. If it were not for the lockdown, I would not have known the purpose of God. Oh Lord, fill me, Lord. That's I pray. For all of you from one end of the world to the other end of the world, doesn't matter where you came from. Some of you have come from very aristocratic backgrounds. Some of you have come from very rich millionaires. Some of you have just come off the streets. One body, all of you, one body, somewhere noble, somewhere rich. And the very fact the word of God came to you is your privilege. Because God says many who are noble and many who are rich, many who are mighty are not called. So you have to call yourself unbelievably privileged that he called you. And then we have all these wonderful, dear, lovely sisters, maybe brothers who came off the streets. Who live, lived their life despicable, but now clean. And God says, whom God has cleaned, do not call, do not even dare call yourself unclean. Even if you came off the streets yesterday and have accepted the Lord today, you are clean. That's the work of, it. you don't clean yourself. It's God who cleans. None of us can clean us of our past. Only God can. And when God does it, You are clean, absolutely, totally, pure, sparkling. Now walk in it. Ask God to fill you, shall we pray. Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you, Lord. We lift the word of God. We lift Jesus up. We magnify Jesus, Lord. We magnify him, Lord. You are the baptizer, Lord. None of us are. You are the one who baptizes people with the Holy Spirit and with fire of God. And I pray, Father, wherever your people are now, and they are hungry, and they are thirsty, and they are crying out to you, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, you would baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with your fire, Cleanse them, Lord. Sanctify them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. So that, oh Lord, they will magnify you with their words and with their life, Lord. Let it be your life that will flow from everyone, Lord, from this day forth, O oh Lord. Let them not fear. Let them not be upset. Let them not be discouraged. Inlet, let them walk with power and with boldness Declaring the name of the Lord, Father, because in you and through you nobody is unclean, everybody is declared clean, O oh Lord, everybody is declared a Son of God, a daughter of God, everybody is declared a royal priesthood, O oh Lord, and let them be filled with your spirit, day to day to day, Lord, let them be filled with your spirit, Let the life of Christ Jesus would be manifested on earth, life of Christ Jesus would be witnessed by the Gentiles, they would know. Christ is walking on earth again through his church, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Touch sick bodies, O Lord. I speak healing into every body that is not well. I speak peace into every heart that is troubled. And I speak wholeness, Lord. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Be made whole in that mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, power, and praise. It's yours and yours alone, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.